Good morning. It is Thursday, December 10th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today I'm going to be joined by Brandon Huffman, National College Football Analyst for 24-7 Sports. We're going to be listening in to Brandon's interview with five-star receiver Emeka Egbuka, the number one receiver in the country, who has a decision commitment coming up on Friday. And then after that interview, we are going to talk to Brandon about what he thinks Emeka is going to do. So we're going to jump into right now. A snippet of that interview, if you want to listen to the full thing, it's over at the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast. Good work. It's it's always cool to listen to some of the top recruits in the country. Straight into your 24-7 Sports Podcast inbox. Enjoy it, and then we'll talk to Brandon on the other side. All right, the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast is joined by the number one receiver in the country out of Silicon High School in Washington, Emeka Egbuka. You've been the number one receiver for quite some time on 24-7 Sports, one of the best receivers to ever come out of the West Coast, maybe one of the best receivers to, to ever play the game in, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. And Mecca, we're getting close to the end of your recruitment, something that started almost three years ago. You're down to three schools, Washington, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. From those three, Washington offered you over two years ago. Why are the Huskies in your final group? There's just a lot uh, going for the Huskies right now. I believe in what Coach Adams as the receiver coach is doing. Uh, He develops guys really well. I also believe in what uh, the new head coach, Coach Lake, is doing and uh, what he's going to do for the offense. Uh, There's a great education at UW, lots of uh, Fortune 500 companies that could help me, you know, uh, build my my brand after I graduate and after I'm done with football. And, uh, you know, it's just the advantage of the hometown state. My siblings get to see me play as well as my mom and my dad and stuff like that. So your coach at Silicon previously, Greg Hurd, played for Junior Adams at Eastern Washington. And I know when Coach Adams was hired at Washington, you cited that as something that you were really excited because of how much you learned from Coach Hurd, who learned so much from Coach Adams. How is your relationship with Coach Adams over these last couple of years? My relationship with Coach Adams is uh, super strong. I don't even look at him as much of a coach, but, you know, kind of just like a uncle, like mentor type of guy. You know, our relationship is uh, way deeper than football. Jimmy Lake was the coach who came to watch you play. I was at that game that night, that your sophomore year, where you had a couple of tippy turns, four touchdowns, and he was one of the first coaches to recruit you from Washington. I think early on they might have even been looking at you as a defensive back uh, because that's what Coach Lake's specialty is. Obviously, Coach Peterson offered you as a receiver, but – Two years ago, Coach Lake was the defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach at Washington. How has your relationship with him developed over the last couple of years? Yeah, he was the first coach I ever talked to at UW. And um, he's the one who told Coach Pete that they needed to offer me ASAP. And uh, I've kind of been staying connected with him even since he's been the defensive coordinator. And uh, now that he's the head coach, we've been talking more and more. So my relationship with Coach Lake is, uh, is great. Lastly, Sam here and you have been throwing for a couple months. Uh, you guys played seven to seven against each other. You played, uh, you know, youth ball. Obviously, you've known Sam for a long time, but how's your relationship with Sam? Having thrown with him these last couple months as you guys prepare for your senior season? Yeah, Sam's one of my best friends. Uh, super good guy. You know, can throw a really good football. And you know, we've been throwing a lot this off season, especially with the extra time since we uh, don't have games to play right now. But uh, Nothing but love for Sam. Switching over from Washington to Ohio State, right after the All-American Combine your sophomore year where you ran, I think, the 442 uh, 40 at the Combine, your recruitment exploded. 
in the days after that. And Ohio State was one of those schools that offered. Coach Brian Hartline offered you. Um, you took two visits out to Ohio State. And the Buckeyes have been kind of a prohibitive favorite. They've been the leader in the crystal ball for some time. Talk about your relationship with Coach Hartline and why Ohio State made your final three. Yeah, Coach Hartline, he's uh, – we've talked like, you know, every other day since he offered me. I've uh, been down there twice, so it's easy to see why that be my crystal ball. Um, Coach Hartline, he's a, he's a great guy. I believe he knows a lot about the game, and he can really elevate my game to the next level. Ohio State made my top three because, you know, they pump out great football talent every year. Um, I really believe in their program, their weightlifting. The head coach, Coach Day, is doing, you know, good education, large alumni network. Uh, they just have a lot going for them right now on top of a really great uh, 2020 and 2021 recruiting class. They signed three receivers last year, including one from Washington and G. Scott. I know they're trying to make it two years in a row that they come to the state of Washington to get a receiver. How much have you talked with G or even with Julian Fleming or Jackson Smith and Najiba just to kind of get a feel from some of those other guys that you've known from seven on seven and from the camp circuit and just kind of getting a, a taste of what Ohio State's been like for them? Yeah, I started getting closer to G. Uh, right around right before he left and you know he's wanted me to be a Buckeye for a long time as well but um, my relationship with G is good uh, we talk about routes together and stuff like that and go over film from time to time um, so he's definitely one of my good friends and it's good to have a Washington connect um, I've talked with Julian sometime before too we FaceTime um, and same thing with Jackson so I have good relationships with all three and I've, I've talked with them um, on a kind of regular basis you went out there for an unofficial visit in the spring, and then you went out for a game last year against Wisconsin. What did you think of the atmosphere in Columbus back when people were allowed to go to games and there was a full house in the horseshoe? How did you like the game day atmosphere at Ohio State? Yeah, it was awesome. A lot of people would say that me and my family brought the rain from Washington because it was <laughs> pouring that day, but, you know, that didn't seem to uh, stop the fans from, you know, uh, being being rowdy and being loud. and uh, you know, they they left the game with a, a very sound win. And, uh, you know, I love the atmosphere of what I saw. Lastly, Oklahoma. They had been the one school that had been on your shortlist that you had never seen. Uh, you had hoped to get out there in April for an official visit. That was canceled because of the pandemic. You know, we're hoping to get out there for the Sooner Summit. That didn't happen. So you finally get to go last weekend for the Baylor game. 20% uh, capacity but it was your first trip to Norman. What did you think of Norman and what did you think of Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, after having like two or three trips canceled to Norman, I was pretty desperate to get out there. So it was, uh, it was very relieving once I was actually able to. And, you know, I had a great time in Norman, especially spending time with Kayla, who toured me around the town and stuff like that. But I really liked the city, um, the restaurants, everything like that. And uh, even up to the campus, I thought the campus was really nice. And had a great game day, got out there with the win. Um, and even at 20% capacity, the fans were loud. They were cheering, took lots of pictures. Um, so it was just a really cool atmosphere. You got a throw with Caleb Williams the day before the game. I know you and Caleb have gotten close over text messaging, over FaceTime, just kind of digitally. But this is your first time to actually physically get to meet him. And then you got to throw with him. What was it like finally getting to be around a guy you've gotten to know so well digitally but then also get to go out and throw some uh, catch some of his passes that he was throwing yeah I mean it was awesome it's like we were friends already uh we're both very similar people and our relationship has been great even before meeting with him 
And, um, you know, we never missed a beat. We were in sync from the moment we stepped on the field. Uh, I don't think we missed a ball the whole throwing session. And, you know, besides uh, throwing with him, we just had a really good time and, you know, had lots of fun in Norman. And I'm glad he was there. It was the, of the three schools in your final list. It was the only one you didn't get a chance to really tour the facilities or sit down and meet with the coaches. But since you've been back, have you had a chance to talk to Coach Riley and Coach Dennis Simmons and just kind of have them answer any remaining questions you might have had after the visit? Yeah, I've talked to both uh, both of the coaches uh, since I've been back. And, you know, they've answered every question that I had. And, you know, I was able to get a, a tour of the facilities, the weight room, the uh, living living habits, all that type of stuff through my um, my Zoom call with them. So uh, I kind of know what to expect um, if I were to enroll there. And uh, the Coach Riley and Coach Simmons cleared up any questions that I have. The College Football Daily will be right back. Brandon Huffman, thank you for joining us. And thank you for uh, letting us listen in on your conversation with Emeka Egbuka, who again is announcing on Friday. Brandon, another star player from your neck of the woods out there in Washington. What do you think he's going to do? Uh, if you know, you don't have to tell us. You might already know, but Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Washington, who should be feeling the best? Well, I think there's reason for all three to feel good. Obviously, Washington has the hometown advantage that Oklahoma and Ohio State do not have. Oklahoma has the freshest trip in his mind in terms of he was just there last weekend, finally got to take that much-awaited visit to Norman, uh, but then there's Ohio State as well. That's been a constant in his recruitment. The majority of the crystal balls are on the Buckeye. My crystal ball has been on them since the early part of spring. Uh, so right now, all three programs have reason to feel good. I haven't done anything or, or, or felt anything or heard anything to change my crystal ball. I'm keeping it on Ohio State, but I feel like there's still some twists and turns here between now and when he makes his decision on Friday. I was reading your story on his commitment date and I thought it was interesting. Like he's had a chance to throw with Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback commit and Sam Heward, the uh, Washington quarterback commit hasn't thrown with Kyle McCord yet. The Ohio state five-star commit. I don't know if that's like the biggest deal in the world. Has it been important for uh, a Mecca to get some reps with the guys who he would be catching passes from in college. I think it's more just a familiarity, you know, working on timing, working on chemistry and developing that chemistry before they get to campus. You know, he's been playing in the seven on seven circuit against Sam Heward for a number of years. They've never been on the same team, but they have been basically throwing with each other weekly for the past few months in preparation for their senior years. And then he gets out to Oklahoma for his visit and spends 90 minutes throwing with Kayla Williams. Interesting, like enough, like you said, Kyle McCord hasn't thrown with him, at least that that I'm aware of. Uh, but I think it's more of a, a chemistry issue in, in developing that chemistry. Um, you know, I think the wild card in, in all of this has been that with Ohio State, you know, he just hasn't had that opportunity to really get around Kyle McCord. And, you know, does that hurt him? Does that help him? Who knows? But it certainly gives Washington and Oklahoma coaches and fans reason for optimism in that he understands what each of those quarterbacks can do and what they're doing when they're throwing with him. All right. So let's say the crystal ball is right and that he goes to Ohio State. So table that in this scenario, he's a Buckeye, another West Coast five-star to go to Ohio State. And we're going to talk about that in two seconds. But for Washington, Brandon, a program that you know very well, what sort of pain level are we reaching to the point where they, like the, the number one player in Washington last year, Savelle Small was like, they signed him. It, it's not atrocious out here, but it's starting to become a trend. I'm wondering how frustrating that is. And if they do lose uh, Emeka Egbuka to Ohio State, is this something that new coach Jimmy Lake can eventually correct? 
That's a good question because this will come the year after they basically didn't recruit G Scott, who was in their backyard, who would have probably committed to Washington if they had offered him early on. He committed to Ohio State on Christmas Day of 2018. Six months later, Washington did offer him, and they basically took a second loss again when he didn't even show Washington any attention. He was stuck on Ohio State. This time it's different. Washington offered Emeka Ibuka two years ago, back when Chris Peterson was still the head coach. Jimmy Lake went to go watch him play. I was at the game that night where Jimmy Lake went to watch him play right before they offered. He had two kick returns for a touchdown in that game. Washington, we know that they are developing guys on defense. We know that Jimmy Lake's preference is on the defensive side of the ball, but you need to get weapons offensively. And I think with Sam Heward coming in, naturally getting the number one receiver in the country who's from your own backyard would have been something that really enhances that offense. Now, are they back to square one? I mean, Heward committed two years ago as well. He was a legacy. Didn't really have to recruit him as hard, but Aguka, not only do you lose him, but you may lose him for the second straight year to Ohio State, you know, or maybe it is to Oklahoma, whoever it may be, but Washington needs to start winning these in-state battles and winning these West Coast battles and keeping these kids in their backyard. Yeah, last one, then I'll let you get back to Chase and Scoop. Also in Washington, number one player in the top 247, JT Tuimoloau. He, you know, Crystal Ball says Ohio State, he won't decide until February. This is more of an Ohio State question. Have they become the premier program out West? Like if you stack an Ohio State offer against an Alabama offer, against a Georgia offer, against a Clemson offer, kind of feels like Ohio State's winning that one, right? I would say that if anybody has been bringing the heat to Alabama out on the West Coast, it is Ohio State. I mean, if you look at Alabama, you've got Bryce Young there. You've got obviously Tua Tonga-Vailoa previously. You've got Najee Harris there in the backfield. So there's been some recent success with Ohio or with Alabama recruiting out in California. But Urban Meyer, he recruited California hard when he was at Florida. He recruited it hard when he was at Utah before that. He recruited it hard when he was at Ohio State. And Ryan Day has taken it to another level. If you look at that class last year, you had G. Scott. You had uh, uh, the C. linebacker, CJ Stroud. Stroud. There you go, five star quarterback. Look I at me, remembered him. Uh, <laughs> nice work. Uh, you had um, the linebacker from St. John Bosco, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, uh, four star linebacker who played at St. John Bosco and his dad played at, U- at UCLA. He went to Ohio State. You had, you know, in this class, you've got Denzel Burke committed. You had uh, the other DB from Saguaro last year who I'm, I'm forgetting all these names, Trey. These there's well, so many names these days. You're allowed to do that because it's like signing day now like you I, I would assume for you Brandon like last year happens you do okay all right yeah, I remember a few guys and then you move on it's 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 certainly a lot and it's it, if I'm Ohio State I'm, I'm feeling really good about the pipeline Absolutely. and I, I'll actually end in the with this if Ohio State gets a Mecca Buka does that help their chances with JT I don't think it hurts their chances with JT, but I think indifferent and separately from Emeka, that's really an Ohio State Alabama battle for JT. It's going to come down to, you know, two programs that have been recruiting and producing and developing elite defensive linemen for the better part of 10 years and, and even longer than that. And so I think that you already have G Scott there. You potentially couldn't put Emeka Ibuka there. Now you've got a little bit of a Washington presence on that campus that could only help with JT. I don't know if it necessarily changes the game entirely, but it certainly doesn't hurt the Buckeyes chances if they get another Washingtonian on campus before JT makes his decision. All right. Well, the good news for all y'all out there is it's a big year in Washington on the recruiting trail and Brandon Huffman, uh, part of 24 seven sports network absolutely owns that state. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. I'm Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Thanks again, Brandon. We'll talk to y'all on Friday for the next edition of the college football daily.